Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Well, there's a lot of interest in AI voiceover, and I know you're interested. There isn't a whole lot of guidance around it and what it means to you, where it's going. We've had lots of conversations on the subject, but we have not yet heard the thoughts of Bill DeWeese. We're going to talk about AI voice, how he sees it, and also like how we might all see it also from a business standpoint. Um, I don't know if we'll do a SWOT analysis on this thing, but we are so going to go into the AI voice realm with Bill DeWeese today. So, Bill, welcome back to the show. Stephanie, thank you. I, it's a, I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, it's always so good to have you here, uh, I must say. So, Bill, you have thoughts on AI voice. Uh, why don't you walk us through those? Well, you know, it's interesting because the AI thing, we're still, it's still relatively new to voiceover, but the thing is, technology and the way that it affects business, that's not a new thing. We've been seeing, watching that for decades. And so I think some things become predictable, and I think it's, it's safe to say that AI, if it hasn't already, will very soon have an effect on our business. Uh, I was having breakfast this morning with a friend who's another, he's a voice actor, and uh, we were having this very conversation, as a matter of fact. And, and one of the things that he said to me, and it was such a great analogy, and he said, well, look at music. And uh, if you look at like people who score for, for movies and for film and, and TV, the idea of using like a studio musician and hiring a full orchestra and all of that, for the most part, now there are ex exceptions, but for the most part, those days are gone. Everything is sampled. It's VSTs, virtual instruments. You know, the great composers are, they don't go out and hire musicians. For the most part, they are the musician and they can bring all of these, all of these tools are at their disposal because the strings were sampled at Abbey Road Studio in England. You know, the drums were sampled uh, Capitol Records in Los Angeles. And all you have to do is you go buy them online for a fraction of what it would cost to hire somebody to do this. And with a keyboard or some sort of MIDI controller, and the software, you can create world-class music. So it's been happening, and that's just one example, but this has been happening, and it's certainly displaced, you know, studio musicians have to find other ways to work now, you know, because they were making top dollar. I'm sure there were, there were, there were men and women who could count on every week being called into a major studio in New York or Los Angeles to, to play, who now sit at home waiting for opportunities. And so the question then becomes, well, it's not, is this going to have an effect? Yeah, obviously. I mean, it, it has an effect. But the question becomes, how do we respond to that? And I think there's one of two things. And the thing I think you have to understand about me, and I think, Stephanie, you already get this. We've talked enough, is that I play, when it comes to business, I play offense. I don't play defense. I'm not the person that will say, okay, how can I protect my turf? How can I keep this from happening? Because it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen. I mean, look at, you know, Uber has had its effects on the cab industry. Cars have taken over horse and buggy. I mean, you could go back a hundred years and we could just see this happen over and over and over. And so if you don't adapt, you die, you get trampled, you'll be left in the dust. So it's not a question of how can we stop it? How can we protect our turf? Because you cannot stop it. The question is, what is it going to do? What will be its effect? And how do we capitalize on it? Is there an opportunity for us? And, and I, I, think, I, think there, I think there is. So many opportunities. Uh, we've had great guests on in the past, like Bev Standing, and mm -hmm. she talked about kind of the work that she was doing and, and how that's evolved over time, but how she's not afraid of the work. It's more or yeah. less just getting the right agreements in place and, and knowing how your voice will use. 
We've talked to people like Susan Bennett, of course, the original voice of Siri, and just, you know, what her journey with AI has been and, and that kind of thing. And then people who have worked in production, um, Oscar Sanchez, like when he was on, he was talking about this sort of thing, too. Like it just like what you were saying, um, it's very much everywhere. Uh, you know, like the sports highlight reels. I see you've got your Cincinnati Bengals sweater on there, like all these kind of pregame, postgame little compilations. They're not people putting them together anymore. Um, it's it's actually the AI that is pulling this information and finding a way to present it to us in a way that is quite palatable, actually. So uh, you're absolutely right that it is not going away. It is everywhere. It's ubiquitous, you might say. Uh, and that's just kind of the landscape right now. So I guess where do you see us going from here? Well, and I think the first thing is you have to ask, where are we now with it? Where's it at? And do I need to be concerned today? So as I as I hear AI, I think it's definitely a technology technology that's in development. I don't, it's not mature yet. Uh, it, ha, it leaves a lot to be desired. I don't fear for my work today. I saw an ad on <laughs> Facebook. It popped up the other day. Stephanie had said, um, "What was the headline?" It said uh, something along the line of, "No one could believe that this was AI." So I thought, "Oh, I've got to give it a listen." So I did. I could tell it was AI immediately. Um, <laughs> So, you know, there's the, technology doesn't understand con, uh, context and emotion the way that human beings do. So the thing that, that I, here's what I wrestle with, um, because if I'm looking at a script, I'm looking, I'm telling a story and I'm putting myself in the shoes of the person who's telling that story. And I can visualize it. I can see it. I understand. I, under, I, I know in terms of dynamics, how I want to approach it, where I want to give emphasis, where I want to pause, where... You know, where I inflect and how I how I feel the the emotion that's generated. How far will a computer be able to go to do that? That's you know even as I watch like video games and that's huge. I mean obviously it's bigger. I think it's bigger than the music and movie industries combined right now. The video game, but but as good as the graphics have become, when I'm looking at the face of a video game, it still to me doesn't communicate the emotion and intensity that a real actor can do. And I don't know that that can ever take that place. And I'm not saying video games are going away. I, I think there's a place, obviously, that's huge. You can't argue with success. But how far will that go? Well, I think it'll go farther than it is, but I think there will always be a place. And here's where I start. I think there will always be a place for voiceover talent who have developed a skill set that allows them to communicate authentically and genuinely, because that's what people want to hear somebody they can trust and they trust voices that make them feel something who identify with the script who that that's that's genuineness and authenticity how far i don't think the ai is going to go all that terribly far so what i see happening is kind of two things developing i i see those who do live or not i don't want to call it live but you know we'll call we'll call it live voiceover for for our purposes and then there's the automated or the ai voice and I think the AI voice work is going to go towards thing that, towards what we say lower pay work or things that are more, mon I don't want to say mundane because I do this kind of work. And, you know, if I get paid, I love it. To me, nothing's mundane that I get paid for. But things like uh, perhaps on hold type marketing uh, or something where somebody needs to change a voice frequently for their business on hold or customer service where they're not, we're not selling a product or it doesn't have to be terribly compelling the information itself is going to be what's what's paramount. So I see those things gravitating, those types of niches gravitating first to AI. Uh, I think s some 
e-learning, but even e-learning, I think the really good content developers and train and uh, and training specialists understand that people connect with people, and it's not just words. If it was, they would just give them a PowerPoint presentation. But they need human emotion and uh, people who understand context to connect. So again, I think it's going to kind of it's go, it's going to kind of eat up that the bottom end in terms of the, the pay tier. That's where it's going to go first because people those people are looking for good sounding voices, not necessarily great voice actors. They're looking for voices that sound good. And then as you go higher up that pay tier and where that where that that cutoff will be, I'm not sure at this point, and it will probably evolve over time as AI gets better. Um, so for me, what I'm looking for, and I'm, I'm in the process, we were talking about this before we started, I'm kind of beginning to shop this around. I want to find what my opportunity is because I, I would love to have people use my voice within the context of AI to generate money while I'm sleeping at night, you know, because there are some people that will never pay me my rate. And that's fine. I don't need everybody to. I just need a handful of people to make a good living doing this. But there may be hundreds or thousands of people out there that would, would use my voice within an AI context. And um, so that's what I'm looking at right now for, for down the road. I, I know that's a lot of information, but that's kind of my vision of, of where we're at and where I think we're going and how I personally want to capitalize on it. Yeah, all of that. That is a lot of information. But I think some of the points that stood out to me were that AI voice, it doesn't understand context. AI does not understand what we as human beings know because of how we're made. And, and it doesn't and feel. See? And it doesn't feel, exactly. And it, and it certainly doesn't, I don't think it can even make inferences. If it, it's the context, it doesn't understand context. Not it probably yet. can't even go further into where it would yeah. need to be, whereas a human would be like, I think I sense something. I'm going to pivot where I'm going with this. I'm going to change direction because I've picked up on something that's suggesting to me that, uh, you know, perhaps there's a different meaning in all of this. So uh, I think, yeah, so it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't think for itself, and it certainly doesn't connect on an emotional level. Uh, but the question is, like, can we actually trust these voices? Because so much of trust comes from from that emotional sort of pull, that that knowing like this person has the at least what we think is the best interest in mind for those they're speaking to, uh, whereas a machine doesn't really have that. It, they don't have a or machines, I should say, do not have souls and, and they cannot think like we do. Uh, so, for anybody out there who's wondering about like authenticity in that, I know like in a past episode, uh, I brought this up with um, I think it was uh, let's see here. Jay Akunzo, and Jay was talking about this. I think that, that um, the AI has entered into his sphere, which is writing, into that world in ways that are, are actually being punished by Google. Like, you know, when the AI mm. takes um, yeah. pieces and bits and this and that of, of words to make an article that isn't written by a human, you know, it's not a content made by a human for a human, um, then then it certainly is shaking things up with uh, the content on that side of, of ranking on the web. So, you know, nobody go go in, like, do not have AI write your articles on your blog. Let's just put it there. But, um, but from what I can see, when also what he was talking about is that AI wouldn't have perspective. It wouldn't have a point of view, right? And so when you exactly. lack some kind of a way of seeing something, a worldview or just your understanding of how things are, um, then that in you know in turn is is going to result in in having like almost no credibility in that sense because it's not coming from a place of rooted confidence in what it's saying. Yeah, and I but I, and I think we have to prepare ourselves for the worst because as we said you know twenty years ago 
we would have had a conversation if, if somebody had said, well, someday we will carry these telephone devices around, which <laughs> will allow us to use an app. We'd say, that's nuts. That could, that could never happen. So, you know, I, I'm very careful to say, oh, that'll never happen. Although you know, I'm thinking, I can't imagine that it would happen. <sighs> who knows? I mean, 10, 20 years from now, who knows? So, you know, prepare for the worst. But I think it's safe to say there will always be a place for live voice talent. What that will look like, you know, we don't know for sure. You know, it's interesting. Uh, some of my clients now are using AI for scratch tracks. Oh. Which, frankly, I don't find helpful at all. <laughs> no, no, that, that is weird because it's supposed to give you an indication of how someone would sound reading, like, or how you should go about the reading. Yes. So unless they're sitting there, like, tweaking every little tiny emotion and, and the height and the pitch of this and the inflection of that. And like, they're not. I would rather them read it, even though maybe their voice doesn't sound as nice. But I think yeah. that speaks to the idea that most people, if you're not a voice actor, you think in terms of voice over being people have nice voices. Whereas mm -hmm. we understand people don't hire us because we have nice voices. They hire us. It doesn't hurt to have a nice voice, but they hire us because we're able to connect on a much deeper level. And that's what compels people. Yeah, I think so, too. And one other crazy thing I thought I would bring into the conversation, but in uh -oh. a past episode, oh, it's, it's, it's well, I guess it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, it was uh, when James Poulter from Vixen Labs was on with us talking about AI voice. And of course, he's with a company that helps facilitate the making of these voices. And, and he was saying, oh, my goodness, you know, um, AI voice is not just going to be used, you know, in one language only for that purpose. Like you could actually take someone's voice and make it speak multiple languages. I'm like, what? Like, that's 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 like oh. out of this world. Like, you know, that but, had even crossed my mind, Stephanie. Of course, yeah. sure. Why not? And so people wonder, well, what's going to happen to dubbing? What's going to happen to any number of other mm -hmm. things? And and will this be widely um, adopted? And you know, what about in the celebrity realm? Because you have people who uh, will dub the voice of, say, well, I don't know, George Clooney in this country, or they're the voice of Julia Roberts in that country. And yeah. you know, like that's their gig. Everyone in that country knows and loves that person. They almost see them as the actor, you know, as the voice that they've become familiar with. And have memories and, and just, you know. So if you were to try to replace that with like, say, I don't know, take George Clooney's voice in his, in you know, in English and then make it speak, I don't know, Spanish, Chinese, um, sure. you know, any number of languages. Like, will that, I, I don't know if that would actually attack the business of the people who are voicing as him because it's developed over time again, mm. like a brand affinity with the voice talent who has been the voice of that you know, on camera. Actor. You're opening up all kinds of cans know. of worms here. I, I mean, know. you're taking this further than I read. Yeah, but you have a much broader perspective. I mean, my my perspective is from what I do, which is which is fairly narrow. But you have a very broad perspective of the industry. So that's really, yeah, it really that's thought provoking and kind yeah. of scary. You know, at, at the same time. But right. what I think is really important is that we we have to have the ability to pivot. And and I think this goes back to. And many have heard me say this before, and I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. But ultimately, I don't think of myself as a voice talent or voice actor. I think of myself as a business person. Because if you're focused solely on a product, you'll have a hard time maneuvering when things, when things change. Because products, they come in, they go out, they change. And, but I think if you have an understanding of marketing then you can, you can make those pivots and you can shift and you can adapt and you can see how markets work and then say, how well, how can, if this is shifting, how can I shift to, to satisfy this market instead of being frozen 
into this mold that we think that we have to operate in while time passes us by and there's no demand any for more for what we're doing. And, and if you're a purist and you're a voice actor and that's the way you see yourself and that's all you want to do, that's, you know, that's fine. But there may come a point in time where you see things kind of passing you by, at least the way that you have done them in the past. And I think having an understanding of marketing is going to help you make those shifts and adjustments and adapt again so that you're not looking at the dust being stirred up as the, the parade passes by you and you're wondering what in the world just happened. Right. And it makes me think also of, uh, and you'll remember how there was a transition from, uh, you know, the VCRs and the VHS tapes and Betamax. And, and then all of a sudden they're on like these DVDs. And and I'm not an expert in this area, but it is always good to think one technology will always be improved by another technology. And the contracts that you have in place for how your voice is used in any variety of technologies, like if you're not thinking about what might come next, then you might find that, well, um, I only had licensing rights for my voice on VHS and Betamax, but not on DVD. Now we've got DVDs. Now we've got, you know, streaming audio, or now we've got whatever it and might be, right? And that blows everything up big time, yeah. you know, before it. Yeah. So there's no way, so there's no way to accurately predict where this is going to go for sure. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of what we say probably will happen. Some, there would be things that pop up that we have not even fathomed at this point that we just don't know. But, and that's okay. I just think it's important that we know that it's going to be that way and to say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig my feet in and say, I'm going to make, you know, Custer's last stand right here. This is not going to be <laughs> it for me. You know, I'm, if, as, as things change, I will change and adapt. And, and thankfully, you know, there are people like you and voice and voices, which has the educational, you know, component covered as well to keep, and, you know, so we know what's going on and we can learn to make those pivots, you know, as we need to. And I think, you know, the older we get, I'm speaking, generally speaking, these things may become a little bit more difficult because, you know, back in my day, you know, I find myself saying that more and more uh, to my kids, you know, back <laughs> in my day. And of course that never flies, but no, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody cares. You know, it's what's going on right now. And you just, you have to, you have to stay relevant or maybe decide to retire and go out to pasture and just do your thing and let everything else move by. But if you're interested in playing this game for the long haul, I think you got to stay plugged in. And I'm, I think you guys are just a great resource for that. Well, thank you, Bill. And, and definitely the staying plugged in. Uh, I know there have been conferences that we've attended in the AI realm and, and also just knowing a lot of people. And, and as I've said to our talent and, and anyone I've mentored and, you know, just anybody really is that you have to understand the ecosystem. You have to understand that you are part of a much bigger um, group of people in different areas of life and in different professions, but that you're all helpful to one another in some way or you relate in some way mm -hmm. and you need to understand it. So um, like just think for a moment here of like who all is involved in AI voice, who are these characters on, on the stage? And you have voice talent, you have people who are voice designers. Like there are people who actually make, like they That's try a job. Out how to do that. Oh, yeah. Like just people who like the voice agencies, and this is um, a term that people often get confused with. It's like, oh, what, like a talent agent? Like, no, voice agencies, they're companies that help make the voices. And like, what? And so that that's a kind of a different thing for people to hear who are used to hearing about talent agents. And they think, oh, a voice agency. Well, I know what that is. It's like, you might not. 
You might not because these people are calling themselves voice agencies um, and, and that's what they're doing is they're creating voices. But uh, at any rate, I think it's important, as you say, to stay on top of what's going on, but also to know who the players are uh, mm -hmm. to if you yourself are not going to be following the AI uh, kind of path and, and watching everything that goes on because you certainly can't do everything all the time, uh, then find some thought leaders who are doing that, that you trust and be like, okay, well, I'm going to see whatever so-and-so is bringing because like they're going to have a, a view of their own some kind of a, you know, perspective, uh, as we'd say, on, on what's going on and, and maybe follow a few people so you get a flavor of that. But, uh, you know, and to keep that that perspective broad. But it just seems like this is a, a let's see what happens in this field and understand because, as I had said a bit earlier, like there's technologies that come and go. Certainly, I remember like even watching in, in schools how we used to, and you might remember this, but they would write on like a, they had projectors and the teacher would write on some tr like a plastic sheet and it would yes, be projected. Yes, the overhead display. Yes. Yeah. Oh my and the gosh. Fan I would forgot be about going. that one. Yeah. The fan's going. It's getting hot. Yeah. The markers smell. Grease pencil. Like, yeah. 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 And, and, and then from there, it was like, okay, well, I guess we're not using projectors. Maybe we'll have some information on a television screen. And, and then all of a sudden it was like these smart boards and, and like going all over the internet and, and people like everything changes, but it's just another vehicle to get you what you need. So that's just like AI is yes another vehicle to to give people information, um, mostly information as we've seen. Uh, you know, but entertainment, I think it's still a far cry away from being able to do that properly. Uh, but when it comes to getting information, like like actual useful small bursts of information that people can use, like an update to something, like a your gate changed at the airport, um, you know, the stock ticker's going, there's some update to a phone system and they don't want to have to go back and get the artist to do it because they've got the AI voice, they just plug right. in a new extension. Um, like these are the very basic fundamental quick and easy jobs that humans technically had been doing um, but AI is now like one place I really don't like hearing AI though is on people's blogs. I hate when you play, oh, play my article. Like, oh my gosh, it's so off. Like <laughs> it depends on what technology they're using because it might not be the latest and greatest AI iteration. It might be one of the older ones that, that it doesn't have the nuance or the same abilities as, as one of the uh, uh, later technologies. So I don't know. Like, we've just got to keep watching what's going on here, I think, Bill. And and I'm so grateful that there are coaches like you who are dedicated to trying to, to like, not just understand what's going on, but to, like, pursue it, to pursue knowledge and to know, like, well, how do I fit into this? Um, where does this like, where are we as voice talent going to have opportunity? Um, where might there be threats that we should be concerned with? And, mm -hmm. and how else might we, like, actually view this uh, so that going forward, we're not afraid of it. We know how to handle it. And we're also aware of what it actually means, right? And let me, let me add this, because I don't think we really talked about this at all. And that is, um, don't think because the technology is advancing that your skill set becomes less important. If anything, it's just the opposite. I think, and I, I've talked about, you know, I talked about the marketing. Think of yourself as more than a voice actor, but you need to make sure your skills continue to develop and you're sharp because if anything, it's going to be more important. You have to become more competitive, uh, especially if, if the pool begins to shrink in terms of live talent as the AI, pool, and again, 
I'm not predicting. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I do think you're going to have to stay sharp from a performance standpoint, and you need to expand your horizons from a business and marketing standpoint and keep your head on a swivel. (laughs) Be watching what's going on and find out, you know, how you fit into the grand scheme of things. Perfect. And I think that is just the most wonderful way to wrap things up today. Um, Just keep on watching and seeing what's going on. Uh, Remember that there are a lot of people out here um, who are looking into these these matters. And you can follow, you know, thought leaders in AI or certainly what we're doing here at Voices. And and just keep listening to Vox Talk because whenever something happens in the industry, we're typically going to talk about it. And we're going to bring on great guests like Bill. You're all over it. Yeah, who can explore these uh, wonderful conversations with us. So, um, Bill, thank you so much for being with us today. If anyone would like to get a hold of you. To learn more about what you're doing, where should they go? Go to BillDeweeseLive.com. Perfect. That is amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, Bill, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Stephanie. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to another conversation on the very important and popular topic of AI voice. And if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share, you know where to find us. You can go on social media, comment on the post, share the podcast with your friends. Uh, And of course, um, if you have ideas for future episodes of Vox Talk, you can email me at stephanie at voices.com. I'll get your ideas that way. Or you could just tweet them. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Vox Talk is produced, as always, by Jeff Bremner. And we will definitely be seeing you again next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.